Houston Dynamo, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas, Los Angeles Galaxy, Beach Pass, Toronto FC, Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, FC Dallas, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Hey there, welcome to another edition of Pitch Pass, your favorite MLS-focused podcast. At least that's what we think and hope. Thank you for downloading the episode, no matter how you feel about the show, and we appreciate you spreading the word about the show, either through your social media networks, at Pitch Pass on Twitter to follow us, or just the old-fashioned URL, pitchpass.com, to catch up on old episodes. And there are a lot of good ones to catch up on. I feel like this one is a, an especially good episode. Later on, we'll talk to Portland Timbers winger Rodney Wallace about the Timbers' good run of form and life in the PDX. But first, Josie Altidore made a triumphant return back to the TFC squad this past weekend. Had a very pivotal role in the winning goal that beats DC United over the weekend. Seems like he's back from his hamstring troubles. We'll ask him about that and maybe a little U.S. men's national team stuff. Yes, our guest is Josie Aldador. Josie, how are you, man? Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, I'm good in here. I'm very good. Thank you for taking some time to speak with us. Uh, no problems. So I guess, Josie, let's start with uh, I-, I was working during the uh, men's national team game versus Germany. Um, I assume you were watching it closely as judging by your tweets. So uh, if I could, what were your thoughts on the match versus Germany? Um, I was just excited for the boys. I mean, I thought they played a really good game. Um, just the composure and you know, the way they kept the ball, they played with a purpose, a purpose throughout the game. And, uh, you know, obviously, obviously at times they were on the back foot, but I thought the end of the first half and the whole second half, I thought they were perfect. So it was really nice to see, especially a lot of the young guys that, Maybe haven't gotten too many chances with the national team. It's nice to see them take their opportunity. What did you see uh, with this match and and the Netherlands match um, that maybe fans haven't been seeing uh, in this kind of post World Cup hangover that the team has been kind of going through? Um, I just thought the you know when you look at maybe not just the first game was I thought defensively we still weren't as sharp. But I think when you look at the. Uh, the, the, the game against Germany, the entire game from start to finish, I thought we, we, we minimized a bit of the mistakes at the back, and we tried to make it harder. Of course, Germany's a quality team, no breakthrough every once in a while, but I was really happy with how they how they stuck together the, through the whole 90 minutes and made it difficult. What's it like watching with a Josie Altidore? Is it just like when you're watching with an American fan where you're, you're kind of fist pumping and yesing and you get a little kick in the step for the rest of the day? Um, kind of. I mean, I I kind of analyze different things. You know, when I watch, I watch you know, maybe different things than the average fan would watch. But to be honest, I was excited. Like I said, I, there was a bit of fist pumping. There was a bit of that stuff because a lot of these guys, they don't get a chance that much on the national team and maybe not so much with their club team. So to see them play how they did, it was exciting. Now, Especially for guys like Jordan Morris, yes. for example, who's a college kid, you know, but who has so much ability, so I'm happy for him. You know, you bring up Jordan Morris, and uh, I, I, we're in Washington, D.C. I had a chance to see you uh, this past weekend against D.C. United. You came on uh, for a little cameo, but it was a important cameo. Made a nice dummy run. They set up Jovenko for the winning goal. And then I see Jordan Morris do a dummy run and set up Bobby Wood for a winning goal against Germany. Uh, he pick up any tips from Josie out the door on that? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But I think... Uh... I think Jordan's been terrific. I mean, he's so fun to watch. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy watching him play. And I, and I love when I see the youth players produce you know, the highest level. And I think he's one to watch. And he has a great attitude. And he has every, he has everything going for him. So we all hope he keeps developing and, and turns into a weapon for us in the future. 
You're a fun guy to follow on Twitter, um, and I've kind of followed you and your relationship with Charlie Davies, your Twitter relationship over the years, and I've really been struck by how supportive both of you guys are for each other. Uh, It's been a few years now since you guys were the the main strike partners uh, for U.S. men's national team, and both of you have gone through cycles where ups and downs, and it feels like when he's up, you're kind of down when you're down, or he's down and you're up. Uh, You guys have both been there for each other. What is your relationship like? Like off of Twitter, I would imagine it's even more uh, personal and bonded. Yeah, no, everything is great. I mean, we always support each other. I mean, we're two guys who we play together. We were close, at, we were very close at one point, and still are. And to see him, you know, come back from what he's come back from to be doing what he's doing now, it's exciting, and I'm happy for him. And so I hope he continues to develop, continues to 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 do what the unthinkable, do what a lot of people told me couldn't do. So it's great to see. It's been uh, great having you back in MLS as, a, as an MLS fan. Uh, I've enjoyed having you in. As a D.C. United fan, it wasn't so enjoyable this past weekend. But uh, having said that, it's good to have you back in the league. And with two guys like Michael Bradley, who we saw in all of his glory against Germany, and uh, Sebastian Jovenko, who I saw at, at RFK, you couldn't ask for some better teammates to come back and, and come back into the league and play with. No, yeah, I mean... That was part of the whole reason coming back. The project that that they have here at Toronto FC made it made it all so worthwhile. You know, that was part of the reasons why I'm here, and, and part of the reasons why I'm going to be here. And you know, it's, it's great to play with Michael. It's great to play with Seba. And you know, we're all excited to, for this project and, and to make Toronto FC, you know, a better a better team going forward. Is it a better situation, and maybe better is the wrong word, but when you come back into the league to not be on an American team, to be on a Canadian team, is there is there something that's a little more freeing or, or maybe a little more international for you? Yeah, it's still quite nice because you get to live in a different city that's not home, um, and you get to experience, in a lot of ways, obviously the same culture, but in a lot of ways some still different things. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun living in Canada, and, uh, you know, I've enjoyed it a lot. When you went over to Europe, uh, I was—I feel like as American fans, um, we have a little chip on our shoulder. Maybe we have a little brother complex and inferiority complex about anything European as far as their soccer is concerned. When you were over there, and you were over there for a, a good number of years, were there any lingering misconceptions, or are there, are there still any lingering misconceptions about uh, American soccer players that, that you kind of had to shatter? Um, I mean, there's always going to be those things, but at the end of the day, I think when you see games like yesterday, you know, we're slowly showing yeah. people that we have ability. And, you know, I think the ability is there, but at the same time we have to show it as a national team. I thought nights like yesterday, you know, are, are nights that we need to have a lot more of in the future. So we can, you know, show people that, you know, we are a nation that has talent, that has, you know, a, a diverse group of players. Do you feel any uh, responsibility, especially uh, being TFC and, and who they brought in yourself, uh, Bradley, Jovenko? Uh, I would argue that Jovenko and Bradley were better than a majority of the teammates or playmakers of the majority of the teammates that you played with when you were with Sunderland uh, and maybe even Hull. Um, is that helping to, to destroy those misconceptions about what MLS and what American soccer could be? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's it's I think it speaks for itself. I, I you know, to have the opportunity to play with players like Javinko and Michael Valley, and you know, any time you have that, it's, it's definitely an upgrade. So it's, it's it's nice to play with them, and and I think definitely the conception of MLS is changing. 
I think that um, for me, I did not think that American players would be coming back at the age that you're coming back on, making the salary that you're coming back on for uh, another five to ten years. Did you ever think that the finances for the league would be in place to allow you to come back home and play and make good money uh, doing what you're doing in your home country or in the home continent at least? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's great that the league is getting to a point where they can keep American players home. And I think when they do that in the future, more and more players will stay in. And it also gives young kids something to shoot for, knowing that you can get rewarded and you know, if you, if you do your best at a young age, you know, there's something to work for, you know, physical, sporting-wise, and, and financial-wise. But I think as any player, if you do do things for financial reasons, I don't think it'll, you'll make it in the end. I think the important thing is to do things for for playing and to, to want to improve. I think that's the biggest thing. If you were 18 years old today, um, would it be harder or would it be a, a harder decision for you to go to Europe as opposed to staying in the league with the way the league is set up today? If I was a younger, if I was a younger guy. If you were a young guy, a young kid, you know. Um, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a tough one. You know, if I was a young guy, I mean, it, 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 a lot of things go into play. I think every situation is different for every player. You know, I think some kids at certain points in life, you know, weigh different things as their reasons for going pro. You know, some yeah. kids look at Freddie Adu's case, who, who was a very, you know, guy that basically came from poverty. You know, he, he wanted to help his family. So, I think it depends on the kid. But I think truly the opportunity, if kids have it, to stay at home, to stay a little bit in their comfort zone at a very young age, can certainly help them progress rather than leaving really young and sometimes not settling in as they should overseas. Yeah, and I, I guess that was my question, was the, the fact of, 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 of wanting or having to go overseas to test yourself. That, that kind of that mentality, I think, is, feel, is being kind of chipped away with guys like yourself coming back and playing. Instead of saying, oh, I want to go overseas and play against blank, 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 it's, oh, I want to play in MLS to play against Josie. You know, I think the the thing about overseas for me is it's it's a great experience. You know, I always dreamt of playing at Old Trafford and Anfield yeah. and going to Bernabeu and going to see the Camp Nou. I've always dreamt of those things, so that was a big, big important thing for me. And I think, like I said, it depends on the player. And for me, I got to do those things, so I was I was happy with my time in Europe. And he had the opportunity to come back and be a part of such a big project. You know, it, it was important for me to to take this take this. This, this this opportunity in Toronto and, and be here. So like I, said, I think it varies from player to player. And I think now when you look at the players you have in MLS, especially how they're performing, like Michael did, mm-hmm. you know, these two friendlies, it makes kids want to say, you know what, I want to go and perform against Michael. I want to go and perform against these guys. So I think it helps. Your uh, best language that you picked up while you are overseas, Dutch, Spanish, or the Queen's English? Dutch, by far. Dutch is, I never in a million years thought I would speak Dutch and the fact that I can, you know, speak, you know, hold a conversation in Dutch is is unbelievable. And it just it puts in perspective, you know, how far I've come not only as a player but as a person. Well that was the and that was the thing that I was like, Oh, this is so awesome seeing you conduct post game interviews in Dutch. It was like, Look at Josie. Yeah, man, it was crazy. It was crazy and uh but exciting at the same time. Um to, to be able to do that, you know, you further yourself as a person in a, in a lot of ways. And I'm a guy that likes to take in whatever culture I'm around. So, you know, everywhere I play, I try to learn some of the language. How's your Turkish? Turkish was, was <laughs> struggling. Turkish was more was a lot more difficult. But at the same time, I think what was difficult for Turkish was they knew I wasn't there long term. Got it. And so 
you know, they never really took steps in, in trying to help me learn that language. That was more just to stay fit, and, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to do that. Now, I tried to learn a little bit of Dutch back in the day, and I think the hardest part for Americans is that sound. How, how, yeah. did, you, how did you do uh, gathering that saliva and hucking it up? I don't know. It's just, you know, languages are pretty easy for me. You know, when I start to learn them, I don't know. I catch on quickly, and I caught on quick to Dutch, and, you know, I've, I, I still can speak it now with, with some friends back in Holland. And I still joke around a bit with it, so you know it's something I'm really happy that I that I picked up a bit on. How is Seb's Italian, or do you guys try to do your conversing in in Spanish? Well, his Italian's really good. <laughs> <He's> Italian. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my Italian's English. <laughs> yeah, no, his English is his English is not that bad. I mean, it's getting better. Um, you know, it's obviously going to be a work in progress for him, being that you know here and. I think he's finally almost just settled in. So now I think he's going to start working on the language part of things and, and trying to articulate himself better. But he's a great guy. So great to have a lot around the locker room. A great kid, and you know, we're, we're very happy with him. I had a chance to see you guys uh, play at the IMG Academy, and I think that was kind of a glimpse of the partnership that you two were going to put together. We know about your relationship with Michael Bradley. Um, what has it been like uh, working with Jovenko on the pitch, and what are some of the things we knew what we were going to expect being coming from uh, Juventus and, and the kind of player he was, but what are some of the things that have surprised you about his mentality and his, his playmaking on the field? Um, nothing really. I'm not really surprised. I mean, I knew Juvenko was a top player. He was a top talent in Italy. I think um, it's difficult. it was difficult for him because he never, I think, he never quite got to play in a system where he would get the best out of him, but you know, sometimes this happens. So, you know, I knew what to expect from him, and I think what we're seeing from him now is everything that we all, is everything I thought he'd be like, which is part of the reason of coming here to play with him. It sounds like, reading between the lines, the three of you guys all came in with this attitude of, uh, you know, we need, we, this, where we were was not where we could be uh, excelling and doing our best, and now where we are now is where we proved to everyone, you put us in the right system, and this is what we can do. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are different, different circumstances, but I think the ability to be in a place where, you know, a lot of what goes on goes through you. Um, you know, a lot of how the team performs, you know, decisions that are being made, a lot of that it goes through you and you're accountable for, for a lot of these things around the club. I think you get the best out of people that way. You see what people are made of. And I think so far you've seen that, you know, Michael is a great leader. Seba is a great leader, and myself as well, as you know, we're trying to lead this team, this organization to, to a better place, along with the great coaching staff that we're given and the amazing teammates we have. So we're all in this together, and I think the whole club has really rallied around each other and, and done a really good job. So to, turn, uh, to coin a British term, you're relishing the, the fact that the pressure is on you to be the guy rather than to be uh, one of the cogs in the, in the machine. Yeah, I think, like I said, but to have the opportunity where our club comes and says, what do you need to work? What do you need to make sure that you're functioning? I think to have that opportunity and then not only to, to have those things happen, but then to go through with it and, and to have that feeling, to have that sense of you know, you're making something special here is, 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 a, is a pretty great feeling to have the opportunity. I think we weren't able to get that, and we get that here, and I think we're making the most of it. It's tough to look back um, and, and kind of judge where your mind was a year ago to where your mind is now, but do you, do you feel happier? It seemed like there was a little bit of tension. Not tension, but it seemed as if you were a little tense. Maybe it was focused on, on the upcoming World Cup, um, whereas now I, I feel like you're, you seem more relaxed and, and a lot happier where you are. Is that an accurate assessment, or am I just whipping out of nowhere? 
Well, to be honest, nobody really knows what went on for me. I, a lot of things happened in my personal life, you know, over the past year, meaning that I just wasn't free mentally. And I'm not making excuses, but I think, you know, for anybody, you know, whatever job you're doing, if things aren't right at home, it's difficult to it's difficult to perform on the field. And I'm the type of guy that my life off the field is just as important to my life on the field. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of things weren't where they should have been, and it was a difficult period for me. So, you know, I think a lot of that played a part in, you know, just overall my just not my slow. I just I just felt not myself at all, and and the change of scenery was necessary. Well, speaking of of you and and your personal life, um, are you do you have the Gold Cup match versus Haiti kind of circled on your calendar? Uh, and and is it something that you're looking forward to, or is there mixed emotions? No, I think um, it, it'll be exciting if I get called in. Definitely to, to play that game. I mean, you know, this, this is where it all started for my my family, and my parents, and it'll be it'll be special to to go against them. It'll be a special feeling because. You know, I, I always I'm always connected with my Haitian roots. Yeah. You know, my family are always talking about Haiti. We're listening to Haitian radio, watching Haitian TV. So it'll be it'll be crazy, really, to to go on the field and play them, and it'll be a surreal experience. Now, what about the fam? Who 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 are we supporting in that match? <laughs> I, I think my dad and mom will be supporting me, obviously, but I think <laughs> they're gonna want to see Haiti do well. I think I think myself is included. You know, I don't want to play Haiti and and see them. You know, I want to see them have a good Gold Cup, whatever that is. You know, I would like for the, us to come first and Haiti to come second in the group. So, will it be one of those situations where if you if you're fortunate enough to score, will it be the no celebration situation? I don't know. Um, I have no idea. I haven't thought that thought that long, that that far through. You know, I'm just trying to get to my rehab and and hopefully be a part of that game, be a part of that team that goes to the Gold Cup. I feel like that uh, your parents should do the old Peyton Manning, uh, Eli Manning thing, like the like Archie Manning does, and wear the split jersey. That would well, be kind of cool. <laughs> do they? Is that what they do? I heard something about that. Yeah, like they. So when they play each other, uh, Archie wears or the or the mom wears the half Peyton jersey and the half Eli jersey. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is very cool. Well, we'll see. My, I, I know it'll be special for my parents to. Because I used to always go to Haiti games when I was young. You yeah. know, the under 20 games, even the women's game, I would, women's games I would go to. All those games I would go to. So the, the opportunity not to, to be playing against them is, is pretty cool. You know, I've seen that program come from a lot, you know, come from a long way. So it'll be a cool experience. Well, last thing, you mentioned rehabbing. Uh, you, you actually came back last week versus D.C. United. Uh, where are you in the rehab, and how are you feeling uh, health-wise? I'm doing good. I think I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm feeling better and better every day. And I uh, just have to just you have to keep hammering away. It's not going to be something that happens overnight, you know. So I just have to make sure that I'm calm and smart about it. Just try to get to a point where you know, hopefully, I can start logging into longer minutes now going forward. I, uh, it's bittersweet because I, I'm glad that you're back, but I, I kind of wish you didn't do that cameo because I feel like that dummy run set the entire Jovenko goal up, which then took my team down. So I'm glad you're back. I just maybe <laughs> maybe that run didn't have to happen. <laughs> Well, you know, we want to make sure that we, we make some noise in the East. I mean, a lot of years, TFC has been uh, a club that people laughed at, but no more. Yeah. No more people, you know, have CTFC on the calendar and think, oh, this is an easy three points. This is a win. You know, that I think that I think that, that theory is long out of the window. So that's 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 where we want to go. I agree. And uh, it feels like there's a different mentality uh, with the team, with the with the front office, and with the, the, the fans, and hopefully they're coming back. How does the new BMO look, the renovated BMO field? Oh, BMO is fantastic. It's a fortress, and 
you know, we've, we've won our last two home games there, and, and hopefully now we can make it even more difficult to play, you know, looking next week against basically a direct rival. Hopefully we can play against them and then give them a good game and, and, and make it a tough place for them to come in to play. Well, the long road trip at the beginning of the season means you have a lot of matches at home uh, towards the middle and end of the season, which is going to be great for collecting points. Josie Aldador, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Best of luck in your rehab and uh, hopefully in Gold Cup. No problem, buddy. Great talk to you. It's Josie Altador of Toronto FC and U.S. Men's NLC. I think you know all about Josie Altador. It's just funny. We were talking about young guys, and he was saying, oh, if I was a young guy, yeah, he's, he's 25. You're still a young guy, Josie. Let's not rush it. You're barely in your prime, which is very reassuring if you are a fan of the national team. Speaking of internationals, our next guest is a Costa Rican international. Plies his trade on the wing for Portland Timbers. It's Rodney Wallace. Rodney, welcome to the show. It is very nice to be able to dial a 202 number to uh, to talk to uh, a person on the show. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, still kept the phone numbers in the, in the district. Well, I'll tell you, and I think you know this because you did it. Uh, I'm originally from Philly. I kept my 215 number. There's a certain amount of, like, you get some cred when you got, like, a city uh, area code, like a 215 or a 202. Um, no, I actually, you know what, my phone number, I actually always, I had a 301 because I'm from Maryland. So exactly. I and, um, I had to switch it to the, uh, to the 202 a while ago, um, just because, uh, they didn't have a 301 number for me because I switched numbers and I was, I was, I took the closest thing to it. So I, I stuck with, uh, with DC. So, I mean, it's working out. So you're actually a little upset you got a 202. You'd like to rep Maryland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely the 301. Uh, and it'll make your heart proud to know that I am calling you today from Rockville, Maryland. Okay, that's where exactly where I'm from. Um, how often do you get back? And I don't know if, like, other than Vancouver uh, or maybe Seattle, you could go further away from your hometown. So how often do you get back? Um, honestly, not as long as I'd like. Um, usually um, in the off-season, just to go and, and see my family. But other than that... Uh, it's either I'm going there because we we have a game, or I'm going there um, during the holidays. So not not as often as I definitely like to. So you're not a fan of this uh, they, when they threw out the home and away for for all teams because uh, as of this year, there's no Timbers dates at RFK. Yeah, yeah, we we played DC here at home, um, so we didn't get a chance to to go there. I think that's two years in a row now. So. Um, it's okay, though. My family still comes out here, and uh, they visit, so it's, it's not too big of a problem. But well, I'd like to go back at some point. And I, I got to ask, obviously, you uh, you are a new father. It's got to be hard on the grandparents being so far away from uh, from their granddaughter. Yeah, for sure. They're always asking for videos and pictures and stuff. But no, like I said, they, they do a great job of coming out to visit, um, which is great. How proficient are they on Skype? Because my, my mom is not very good on Skype, so it's always an adventure. Uh, they're okay on the on FaceTime. It's, it's not too bad. They're they're actually pretty well connected with that stuff. Um, you mentioned the match versus DC United. That uh that actually turned a little bit of a tide for you guys. Um, as you won that one one nil, and then have gone on to win two more matches. Um, how do you feel about the team now? Where you guys are, and and how you guys are progressing as we get into the middle of the season? I think you know the team is uh, we're in good shape right now. You know, we, we never had doubts on, on what kind of team we had, never um, put our heads on or anything like that. I think that, you know, where we are right now, it's where we where we deserve to be, if not um, higher, just because of all the work that we put in. You know, some results haven't gone our way, but it's, um, you know, 
these these last three games um, are, are coming at the right time, and um, you know I think that we're peaking exactly what, uh, at the at the right time. I look at the the, the substitutions that uh, Portland Timbers are able to make, and I think to myself, this is like a, a like a like a almost like a Kentucky college basketball team where where you bring in subs, and all the subs could be first rounders at lottery picks as well. When you guys can bring people like yourself or uh, or Adi off the bench, it, it just looks like the depth of Portland is going to be something that is going to be a, a struggle for other teams to deal with. Yeah, I think we have a, a a pretty good team, um, pretty good pretty good team depth. So um, that's never a problem for us. Is you know whoever's starting, whoever's not starting, it's always um you know we always have quality players on the field. How are you feeling? Um, I know you would prefer to be starting, but uh, as you're coming back from injuries or or however, uh, what is what's uh what's Coach Porter telling you about how he sees you being deployed? Um, I right now I'm just focusing on on, on my game and, and um the success of the team. It has nothing to do with whether I'm starting or not or, or or whatever. I think that you know if I'm called upon, then you know I'll do my best. And if you know I'm coming off the bench, then I'll, I'll do my best as well. Um, you know, this is, and you made this transition a few years ago, but I, we talked on the show a long time ago before you kind of made the transition. And that is from, from left back to, to more of a winger. Um, how did that transition happen? If you could take us back to, to 2011, 2012 and, and your movement from defense to offense. Um, well, I was originally, uh, brought in, uh, by the tours as a left back and I was there for about a year and a half, two years. And, um, uh, the, when uh, Caleb came along, actually, um, when we had Josh Spencer, he put me there a couple of times, and I did well. And um, when Caleb came along, he, he kind of had a different picture for me and uh, uh, moved me up in that, in that attack, and it's uh, it's been working out. How do you feel uh, losing, shedding those defensive responsibilities? Because even, even now, still, um, I know you've been there for a few years now, it's still kind of weird for me to see you bombing up sidelines. Uh, that's got to be kind of freeing, right? Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's definitely always good to, to try to be in that attack. Um, at the same time, I, I never um, get away from my defensive responsibilities um, within the team and within um, what we have to do. So, you know, it's um, both sides of the ball for me. I was on your Twitter account not too long ago. And by the way, uh, Rodney, thank you for vo- following Pitch Pass on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate that. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I, I was just looking through some of your tweets from the last couple of months. Um, would you be able to break down for me how to play Foursquare? Because I saw that you did that recently, and I have no idea how to play Foursquare. Um, <laughs> Foursquare? You never played Foursquare, man? I never did. I don't I don't know. Maybe they didn't do that in Philly, but I, I saw you at the picture, and I'm like, wait, what is this game? Yeah, it's, uh, there's, you know, it's four, four squares, and there's a... Uh... There's a king, and basically what you want to do is get to the king spot, and what you you, you want to knock the ball into the other person's quadrant and, and uh, have it bounce out, and that's how you keep moving up in the in the in the ladder, and until you get to be the king, and, and until someone knocks you off. So it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's uh, it's a fun little game that I was playing with some kids uh, um, in the park. Now, how did you do the, in that game, that particular four-square game? No, those kids are good. Those kids, they, they, play, <laughs> they play it every day. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not where I used to be in my fourth year. You know, you're living in Portland now. Um, are you making that your year-round home? 
yeah, this is this is my home. Um, this is where my family is. You know, this is this is home for me. So, as a guy, and I, you've had a couple of years to get settled in now, as a guy who who was born in Costa Rica, raised on the East Coast, uh, what's it like living in in that kind of city, which is really different from from anything on the East Coast? Yeah, it's um, no, it's a very very uh, unique city. Uh, people here are great, and you know, it's a little bit it's it's more laid back. It's not as, as fast paced as uh, as other cities, uh, other major cities, you know, especially in the, um, like the like the DC area, um, you know, and, and, and this place has its uh, has its uh, its its gems, I'd say. Um, you know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of green space here, and there's you know a lot more um, nature wise, which is cool, and uh, great food, great places, um, a little bit bit of a, a mellow environment here, I'd say. But uh, you say mellow, but also being that it's just you guys and the Blazers, there's there's much more of a of an excitement level uh, for soccer and for the Timbers in Portland than there would be for for some of these other cities, especially again on the East Coast. Um, is is it fun for you to walk around Portland and and kind of be recognized and and kind of be known as a professional athlete? I think it's definitely um, you know they show love to to their sports teams, and that's something that's. Uh... That's pretty cool, and uh, not many people get to experience that. Um, but uh, no, definitely living here is—it's it, good just playing here in the stadium that's always packed and, and single weekend. How is that Providence Park crowd uh, as far as the energy that you guys get from them when you walk out there for a match? You know, it, it, it's breathtaking every game. How how much these people really. Um, support you, and you know, you, you, at the same time, you want to perform and 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 really, you know, give 100 percent of your effort just because you know you have these people here that are are supporting you, um, game in and game out. I guess the last thing for you, Rodney, is uh, is a question I've had on my mind since I, I've I've been watching you at the beginning of the season, and that is, how high can the high top fade go before we start to trim it down? I don't know, man. I'm just kind of um, just letting it go, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. You're like you're like the reverse uh, Nat Borchers. He, he's going on on the on the face. You're going up high on the head. Yep, that's what it is. <laughs> Rodney Wallace, thank you, man. I appreciate giving us some time and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Show information, go to pitchpass.com.